and I'm joined today by the wonderful Renee Cashman. Hi, Renee. Hi, so Renee, how are you? Very good. Renee is founder and editor of Connect Magazine, which is um, North Queensland's um, holistic health and, wag um, health and wellness magazine, uh, which covers from Townsville to Cairns. She's also an author of children's books, a sound healer and a qigong instructor. That's many, many things, Renee. I just want to show yeah. the titles, uh, the covers of some of your recent issues and editions. And I first discovered this magazine in Townsville in 2019, put a copy in my bag and carried it around with me and then thought, mm, maybe I should try and write some articles for that magazine. So hence we've kind of been, I've been contributing as much as I can for the last two years, really. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been wonderful to have your contributions. Thank you. And I think I felt that um, with this magazine, it was a lot about the community because obviously you're fostering um, community around holistic health and wellness. So what does community mean to you personally? To me, community means about acknowledging our differences and our commonalities. So it's embracing the diversity of humanity and exploring it and acknowledging the gifts that come from all that diversity, but also acknowledging we stand on common ground. We all bleed. We all have that human emotion um, and interactions with life and all the emotions that it brings up. And so I think community to me is really about, yes, acknowledging the individuals within the community, but also acknowledging that common ground that we share. Oh, that's really beautiful. That's a great way to describe it. So when I look through one of your magazines, I see that it has a calendar and a directory and an events and showcases service providers, as well as articles and book reviews. So it's really touching different aspects of the community. So was that your original intention behind it all? Yeah, the original intention was really to help people find alternatives to what the mainstream media and, you know, allows access to basically and opening that up to say, hey, there's other options available. There's other ways to look at things um, and just getting the local people. There's so much wisdom all around us and getting those local people to share their wisdom, to share their gifts, the insights that they've gained through their own life experience, and just having that out there with the hope that it may help someone yes. or may help a lot of people. I think it yeah. does help a lot of people, and I think that they're focused on it being North Queensland from kind of towns, Townsville to Cairns and all small places in between. Was that something that you thought, this is where I need to go in your mind? Look, originally when we started, uh, it was just like a little A5 magazine, like 500 copies. We took over from a local group here in Cairns, uh, the Spiritual Centre, and they used to have a little A5 like newsletter. And um, when I came to Cairns in 1999, um, and around maybe it was around 2003 that... Um, they advertised in their little newsletter that they would be able to continue. And I thought, wow, 
you know, this is a really needed resource in the mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. And so Connect Magazine was born from that. So that was just my original intention. It wasn't something really that it was just there and I just did it. Mm, that's amazing. Just jumped in. How many issues have you done now? 167. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and that's it, a lot. It's been nearly 19 years. 19 years. And I never imagined running a magazine for 19 years, but that's what I've been doing. And it's and, been a joy. And it's four yeah. magazines a year, so it's quarterly times... Um, Yes, it's, it's currently quarterly, but when we started, it was monthly. Right, okay. So right. every month. Um, and then over December, January, we always only had the one edition to have a bit of time off over Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, then in 2005, when my son died, I took it back to bi-monthly, like when it was every two months, because mm -hmm. I needed a little bit more time for myself. Mm -hmm. And then when COVID came, that's mm -hmm. when it transformed again into a quarterly magazine. So it's mm -hmm. been adjusting and shifting with the times and the changes that life presents us, but always staying alive and always still sharing that information and that inspiration so that people can be their best selves and live their best lives. Yeah, that's amazing. And so you have a different theme each issue. So, and the last issue is focused on children. So how do you come yeah. up with your, with your themes? I tell you what, after 19 years of themes, it's getting a little bit like, mm, what can we do that's different that hasn't yeah. already been done? Yeah. And um, sometimes we do repeat themes because we might've done a theme, but it was 15 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, what people have to say about it is different or, you know, different uh, contrib contributors have got something different to say. So we have repeated the topics, mm. um, but we try to just have it quite open. And it came about having a theme because people in the beginning when Connect started, people would say, oh, well, what do you want me to write about? Mm -hmm. And I was saying, oh, write about, you know, whatever inspires you and what wisdom you have to share and so we started the themes to help people so now it's like what will I write about hey we're doing a children's edition so mm -hmm. write something that with children the inner child or whatever it might be teenagers toddlers babies anything to do with children so that's how the themes have come about yeah just to awesome. give a bit of guidance yeah but we awesome. always focus on health Yes. Always focus on health being um, that community. We always have local artists on the cover. Mm. So people love the variety of artwork that comes on this cover. And we love to support local artists. So we always have a full page feature in there as well about the artists. So just, you know, helping those aspects of community as well, the arts, the environment, and complementary and alternative medicines. Yeah, the covers are always really impressive and I think it's beautiful because it then kind of becomes the the central pillar for what's written within, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and, it does. 
Congratulations on your very first children's book, Coco the Magic Flute. I'm sure you're um, enjoying being a newly published author, are you? Yes, I am. I'm, I just love, I love that I can share the story and I'm loving the illustrations. I'm loving the audio book and our Cherokee medicine man, Bobby Running Fox's beautiful, rich, smooth voice. And I'm really just holding myself back a little bit like a horse at the gate because it's the first in a series of five. Mm. So I'm like, uh, Jay, the illustrator, is already doing storyboards up. She's read the second story. She's doing the storyboards up for the second story and it's already on its way to the second one coming out already. <laughs> Congratulations. You're on a roll. That's beautiful. And this story... Roll. Yeah, this story, Coco and the Magic Flute, is a story about overcoming grief. I've read it. Um, it's dedicated to Jai and Rob and all those who've lost a brother. You mentioned earlier about your son passing away. So my condolences and please share with us a little bit about the book and your loss as well. Yeah. So really the book has been born, I believe, from insomnia <laughs> because... And after Paul died, um, I was often up at 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it affected my ability of, to have a good rest and to sleep. Um, and 4 a.m. is a very appropriate time because in TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, mm -hmm. it's also the time of the lung. Mm -hmm. And the lung is the place that we hold our grief and sadness is mm -hmm. in the lung. So it seemed very appropriate. I'm up at 4 a.m. It's the lung hour. And many times just sitting, 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 doing nothing um, until, you know, starting to dream and starting to write stories. And so the story of Coco um, came to fruition. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it was a gift of insomnia. And since all the stories have been written, I haven't been awoken at 4 a.m. So it was obviously some healing for me. Um, and so um, the flute has been a gift and it literally was a gift. Somebody gifted me my first flute. Mm -hmm. I thought mm, I might like to learn the violin mm -hmm. and I was given the flute and I'm like, oh, okay, I've got a flute. Mm -hmm. I'll play that. And started to play that instead. And when you think about what I just said about the lungs connecting with the grief mm -hmm. and then the flute connecting with the breath and the lungs, it all really makes sense of mm. how the flute has been really instrumental for me. It's improved my breath. Doing that breath work by playing an instrument, you know, mm -hmm. it helps to decrease your stress, your heart rate drops, everything. It's very, and then you've got the frequencies and the beautiful music that's created that just soothes the soul. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was playing the flute for a long time, even before Paulie passed, mm -hmm. um, and he loved my playing the flute. Mm -hmm. So then I would play for Paul even though in my belief he's he's just there on the other side of the veil, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I would play my flute and send him those, those songs and my love on the sound, believing that that sound travels across the dimensions and through mm -hmm. the veils and that he could hear that. So that was comforting for me. 
Mm. So many layers, many layers of how that flute has helped heal my heart and helped me to cope with that grief. Yeah. Mm. You're a very, very strong person and I'm, to share that without bursting into tears is also a real test of strength in my opinion because I feel like bursting into tears and I know the story I was one of the the reason why he died do you want to share that with us sure my son was with his father his uncle and his brother and they were watching uh daddy daycare so I don't know if you've seen that movie but he they were cracking up he laughed so much so hard he had a severe asthma attack and died so it's just something you never think is going to happen um i wasn't there i'd gone out for um an hour for to a karate class and i came back that my son had died while i was away at an hour karate class um there's some comfort that, you know, people say, oh, I died laughing. And I'm like, you got no idea what that means to me mm. because literally he died laughing in that mm. sense. Mm. For some comfort that he was so happy mm. <laughs> laughing that mm. gave him the um, asthma attack. Mm. Um, but such shock, such, mm. such a shock. And... Mm. I think it took me about two years to feel those levels of shock, mm -hmm. you know, coming away. For the first two, three, four weeks, mm -hmm. I just felt like a bit like a zombie. Mm -hmm. Just how do you process this? Mm -hmm. Just all of a sudden they're there and all of a sudden they're not. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it, it has been a difficult path. Uh, I do draw a lot of strength from my belief systems, mm -hmm. you know, the, and the grounding that I had established in my practices through sound healing and meditation. Mm -hmm. I think I, and the martial arts, I developed a really strong inner platform. Mm -hmm. And even when my world was shattered, you know, um, when I started to get back up, so to speak, um, you know, I really sensed that. I had that strong inner platform and I felt like I was standing on nothing, but mm. I was still standing. Mm. So it's a hard thing to, to describe. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, a really tough journey. I, I wish it upon nobody, mm. um, but I have grown in incredible strength. I have um, grown this passion for life that if I'm here, well, I'm going to make the best of it and the most of it while I'm here so I literally I am busy but I squeeze out of life as much as I can mm. I know I'm only here for a limited time mm. better than mine mm. I know I could be gone tomorrow mm. I've had that reality that shock mm. that reminds me that you can't take any moment for granted mm. and so I try not to mm. yeah. That's really insightful and I remember when you did a little feature on Anita Moranji's book, Dying to Be Me, and you said that it really helped you. I love that book too and I, I certainly have met people who, those that can accept and come to terms with their grief quicker are those that know or feel that 
there's life after death or like you say he's just on the other side of the veil and when you know that it doesn't seem so final and you can still move on with your world is that what you would liken it to as well definitely definitely mm. and you know when he first passed I could feel him with me very strongly very you know um, I don't know whether that's also a gift of fine-tuning my energy field through years of practice of meditation and such things, but holding my hand, laying his head on my chest, um, you know, I could I could feel him so strongly with us. And sometimes he lets us know by playing with the electronics in the house. Oh, you know, <laughs> There's so many stories, you know, that I could share about, what seems to be poorly playing with the electricals in the house. And it, it would be something like, you know, talking about him and and then all of a sudden all the power goes out of the house. It's like, what just happened? Mm. And it's like he's saying, hello. Yes, I'm, I'm listening. Here. I hear you. And, and share yeah, with yeah. everybody and the you, story you told me about the face. So Susanna Isabella was painting the cover for the children's edition and I've got that original painting just there behind me yes that's the original painting for the cover yes and she yeah she's a visionary artist and she wanted to do like a feature child in mm -hmm. in the front so she was painting this this feature child and then as she was painting him she heard a voice saying, no, my hair doesn't go like that. Mm -hmm. She's like, what? Who's that talking to me? Mm -hmm. So she listened and, and painted the hair as he had asked. Mm -hmm. And then she realised, I think, she looked at it and said, I think that's Paul. So then she went and looked up through my photos mm -hmm. and saw that yeah, it, it was Paulie. And, you know, friends and family, as soon as they see this painting, they just go, oh, my God, there's Paul. Wow. <laughs> and so, yeah, it seems Paulie wanted to come through in the painting and, and let us know that he's he's still around. And so mm -hmm. that does comfort me. Like I say, my beliefs are a comfort to me. Um, and also um, many years ago before Paul passed, I was actually told by a psychic person that he would be taken from me early. Um, some people freak out because, oh, they're not meant to say those sorts of things to you. And I don't believe she meant to. It sort of just came out of her mouth without her control. And, and when I asked her about it, she tried to cover it up and say, oh, to go traveling, to go traveling. Um, but it did stay in the back of my mind. And maybe eight years or so later, it was when Paul actually was taken from me early. Mm. Um, but I'm thankful that she'd said something to me all those years ago because it gave me a sense of destiny. Mm. Because if something like that happens, it's natural to go through what if. Mm -hmm. What if I, what if this, what if they watched a different movie? Mm -hmm. Now, to think that life or death could happen as a result of a movie choice is mm -hmm. just mind-blowing mm. but you know like you can travel down that road what if what if what if and I did go down that path and all I discovered was suffering 
Mm. So my advice to anyone who is suffering with loss and grief and going down that rabbit hole of what if, mm. you have to let it go. Mm. Yeah, just have to let it go. You know, you're not yeah. the only mother that I've heard tell a story like that. I heard another mother say that she was told she would lose her son early and it got past the date when she believed that he should have been gone. So she thought, oh, well, it's not going to happen. And then lo and behold, a few months later, they were on a family skiing trip and and he he passed, he died. And so, you know, she had... I think she always had this predetermined date in her mind. It wasn't quite the date that was told to her, but it happened within a short space of time. But she'd had a near-death experience herself, so she understood what was on the other side. So it also allowed her to kind of um, deal with it in a much healthier way than the suffering that you speak of. Yeah. Yes. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Um, I okay. wanted to... Um, so that's really interesting because one of the questions which I had uh, wanted to ch ch talk about really was ways that you overcame your grief and putting it down in a children's book is a good way to help others. But I think as well as that energetic um, side of things that you speak of, you know, like because we all have that energy around our body and you can feel presence. And I've lost a few friends in the last few years and I know that they're still with me because I can feel them or talk to them sometimes and it, it's it does make it a little bit more bearable yeah mm. it does it does I so, think one of the big lessons please. I learned in my grieving in one of the big lessons I feel that I learned in my grieving process which of course is still going it's been seven years seven and a half years um, and the seventh year um, I felt was lighter than all the previous years. I felt like I'd moved through so much processing um, and I've sort of shed some layers or something. It's getting easier and easier now. I'm getting used to life without him there and knowing that I'll see you again soon, mate, even if it's in 40 years. Mm. Um, but one of the big lessons I felt that I learned is I would keep replaying that moment of coming home mm -hmm. of the ambulances being there of following them to the hospital of seeing them do cpr on him mm -hmm. uh, on them after me you know we've been doing this for an hour and a half or two hours he's not coming back can we stop and having to say yeah okay you can stop you know mm -hmm. but they had a whole team there was like 15 people lined up and they would just take turns and you know like oh my god it was so intense and mm -hmm. I would often re go back and replay those most traumatic moments you know mm -hmm. that shock coming into my life and and of course it'd bring up all my grief and I thought that perhaps oh well this maybe it's good it's helping me clear out this grief and this sadness and this pain but what I really discovered was that grief and that pain is like a never-ending bucket. And by going back and into the trauma over and over and over again and replaying it and taking yourself back there, it's like when you wash a dog and mm -hmm. then the dog's nice and clean and then the dog runs out and goes and rolls in the dirt again. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. If in your replaying any type of trauma, 
it's just like that dog going back and rolling in the dirt. Mm -hmm. So then I would stop myself and I'd say, Renee, you've already lived through that trauma. Mm -hmm. You don't need to live through it again. And I would literally stop myself and mm -hmm. I would bring myself into the present moment. Mm -hmm. I would, where is my body? I can feel my bottom on the chair. I can feel my feet on the earth. You know, I can feel where my neck and shoulders are. What is it I can see? What is it I can hear? And mm -hmm. I'd use all my senses to pull myself into this here and now moment mm -hmm. and stop playing the trauma because I've That's already so done it. I don't rolling in the dirt like a dog and getting my coat all dirty again. Mm. And so that was a really big lesson and it really helped me to put a stop to the replaying of the trauma. Oh, thank you for sharing that. It's so powerful because we, our, I know that our bodies don't know the difference between a thought and an event. So you think you're reliving the trauma, you're making yourself dirty, but you're creating that same physiology in your body over and over and over again. So your body can't heal either. And your your stress exactly. response stays turned on, and you're you know and all these chemicals you have in your body are on high alert, and. I've also been able to overcome some of my own traumas through the acknowledgement of I'm now creating a new event for my body to have to experience this again and again and again. And if I want to be healthy in mind, body and spirit, not because I don't want to forget my grief or forget those I love, I, I, I owe it yeah. to myself to be healthy. Therefore, remind yourself that that, was, that is just a thought. It's not the real event and I can stop it. So I'm glad you gave that really useful example. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I think it helped me. Yeah, yeah. It's You're welcome. Maybe I hope it can help somebody else. I mean, that's another gift of when you go through traumatic things yourself mm -hmm. and take care of yourself then you know what is the purpose of this it makes me feel there's more purpose to his passing if I can share and help others mm, yes you know, there's, there's no greater drive in me but to be of service and help others mm. otherwise there's no point in me being here really that's mm. that's where how I am in mm. myself you know I always feel it's a huge shame that the, the best experience to help others is through lived experience of yourself. Like it's a blessing and a curse, isn't it, really? It is. It is. So but, who, you know, we do grow strong through it and, and, and wise if we can accept it and move through it and not get stuck in it. That's true. So who inspires you? Oh. Who inspires me? You know, one of my earliest um, inspirations was always Nelson Mandela. Always just thought, you know, wow. I just find anyone inspiring who stands up for what they believe in, who stands up for equality and humanitarian ideals like Mother Teresa, um, you know, people inspire me also like um, musicians like Diva Pramal and, and people like Eckhart Tolle, all those sorts of people. I find them very inspiring. Mm. So you've got a number so of inspiring people. We've also got a lot of local people that are very inspiring, haven't we, in North Queensland? Yes, we certainly do, yes. And really once you get to talk to people, 
you know, if you really talk to people on a on a deeper level and ask questions like you're asking me today, then you can draw the inspiration from everybody around you. Yes. Everyone's got a story to tell and everyone's got wisdom that they've gained through life experience and, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And so obviously your magazine is a big focus for holistic health. So where do you see alternative health and mainstream healthcare going in the next decade post-COVID? Look, where I see it going and where I think it should go are two totally different things, I believe. So I would love to see the sort of like the East and the West almost, you know, coming together and complementing each other both have so many gifts to share to have one without the other it just seems like you're only getting half of the benefits mm. um so i would really love to see that um opening up uh, of western medicine to really acknowledge energy and i think this will be happening the science is is catching up with mm. what ancients already knew some of what people might term ancient healing whether it's energetic healing like reiki um, or massage i mean acupuncture even the traditional chinese medicines been going for thousands of years mm. um, they already knew about meridians and all of that before you know any type of science has been able to to trace such channels in the body um sound healing you know it's mm. all really quite ancient knowledge that's sort of been lost and is coming back. And I think science is starting to, you know, level it up again where it can validate that type of thing where before it was just written off as like airy-fairy or, you know, there was no, nothing concrete about it, but there is. Um, and science is starting to show some of that in terms of energy medicine and with the quantum physics and things and sound healing. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, in terms of traditional Chinese medicine, herbs, acupuncture, all of those types of things, the massage, it's been tried and tested for thousands of years. Mm. Um, I would like to see more of that coming together. And I, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had more like GPs trained like nutritionists and acupuncturists and all of those things all combined like mm. to me that would be the doctor that I would want to go see yeah I agree with you it is I, I believe that too I think the utopian situation is if we combine different modalities into you know a package or of benefits I don't think we should be rewarded for one type of health care and not another type of health care which is primarily mm. sick care I would just love to see more generic um not generic just more daily um conversations around you know what real wellness is and um one thing that yeah. I did feel a little bit um I had a giggle to myself. I was in Kmart a few months ago and there was a, a book about chakras in the book section at Kmart. And I thought, oh, well, chakras are not trendy anymore. It's in Kmart. <laughs> because if you can find books like that, which would tend to have been in the more spiritual shops, you know, in mainstream um, supermarkets, then it's kind of reached the masses. Do you know what I mean? 
yes, yes. And slowly, slowly more of these things are, are reaching the masses. And I, I really think sound healing is going to be the next big wave because it's something that people can really, through science, get an understanding of how these vibrations are affecting us and these frequencies. Mm. Mm. And so I think this is going to be, and, you know, back in the day, Ed Piquet said sound will be the future of medicine. Mm. And I think we're starting to see that starting. And it's like the, the waves are starting to gather momentum. I don't know how long it's going to take, 10 years, 50 years, 100 years. Mm -hmm. Not quite, you know, who knows? Because in the big picture, um, you know, we haven't, human beings haven't been here for this long. And um, I'm not sure about how much confidence I have in our evolution. <laughs> Uh, yes than I feel is required well there's a very interesting documentary on Netflix at the moment called Ancient Apocalypse if you get time over the holidays to watch it you should definitely do that um, I've already looked at a couple of those episodes actually very have you? interesting very very interesting yeah. mm. well congratulations on your book I have been sharing it with people and they think it's beautiful and it's now also on sale in Townsville at the Renegade Handmade Store at Warina so people in Townsville can pick up a copy I'm sure you've left copies with you as you've been on your most recent travels where also can they buy it on your website on my website, soundangelmusic.com, mm -hmm. um, in Innisfail at the Health, Healing and Harmony shop, um, in Cairns at the Crystal Ball Bookstore. And, yeah, I'm just starting to get out, out and about like that. Mm -hmm. So um, an important, what I feel is an important feature of the story is there's an actual song written in the pages of the book. So if you can read music, yeah. You can play the actual song mm. um, that I wrote. So not only did I write a little story, but I wrote a little song for every book. Yes. Yeah. I wrote a little song for every book. And so um, on the audio book, you can hear me playing that song. But if you like, I'm not sure how the sound will go through, through this, but um, I could play it for you if you like. Yes, go, please. I can't read music, so I need you to play it for me. Just let me know if the sound works all right. Sure. I think you have to have original sound. I think I've got it on original sound. So um, just wave your hand if there's an issue and you can't actually hear me play. So this is for Coco and the Magical Flute, Overcoming Grief. Thank you. 
Thank you. I'll I'll add the link um to your website in the notes so people can click on it because the audiobook's available to download there, isn't it as well? Yay. Thank you so much Yay. for joining me. And thank you very much for creating this amazing magazine which connects our community in all its forms. I'm super grateful yeah. for that. Thank you. And thank I you. will hope to see yeah. you in person again soon. Take care. Thank you, Chrissy. Take care. Bye. Bye.